like these cold opens actually. Welcome back to. Ahí está la música, sí. Well, we'll do this again. Take two. Welcome back to another episode of Searching for MacGuffin with your horse. Horse. Ya comenzó la cosa. Ya comenzó la cosa. Gabriel, Gabe. Link. And today we have a very special guest. His name is Josué. Let me see if I can pronounce this right. Gelabert Roncal, otherwise known as Josué Loyola Roncal. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show, Josué Galadriel. Galadriel. Josué Galadriel Roncal. Yes, a little, a little less angelic, but yes. <laughs> All right, so Josué. Um, hmm, how do I begin this? Josué is a friend of ours. Josué is a friend of ours. Yeah. He's a friend of the show. Yeah. Long time listener. I met Josué in eighth back. grade. We go back. Eighth grade? Is that yeah. what it was? Yeah, I was in, yeah, yeah it was the first day of school for eighth grade. I was in eighth grade, uh -huh. right? And Josué had just recently arrived from Spain, right? Yeah, bro. Fresh, uh, fresh off the boat. Fresh off the boat from Spain. You get me? Uh, ready the, the... Ready to conquer. Ready to what conquer, else? yeah. <laughs> colonize. <laughs> colonize the people of Miami. Colonize. <laughs> so he's first day of school we see him there uh my class starts to talk to him i talk to him we find out he only knows spanish right and he's from spain you get me it's like it's the first time i've ever met anyone yeah. from spain so he has that beautiful accent the you get me mm -hmm. the barcelona corazon. yeah corazon barcelona type of thing and barcelona <laughs> and it's awesome because he's like a new kid right so we'll be friendly We, we take him to class. We show him where he's supposed to go. He's with us for three periods. Then we have lunch. And then after lunch, we have like electives. And he's not. We have one more class and he's no longer with us. And then. Like, did he die? That's what we thought. Like, whoa, where's, where's our new kid? Where's the new. He, he was so lovable. He was so charismatic. He only spoke Spanish. We were like teaching him already curse words in English. Where'd he go? <laughs> Turns out that we had kidnapped him from seventh grade. <laughs> we were eighth graders and we thought he was in our class and we just dragged him to all of our classes <laughs> turns out he was just a seventh grader <laughs> Wait, that's true i forgot you guys aren't even in the same class the classic story the colonizer gets uh colonized you know? there you go it was a humbling story and that was his introduction to miami culture i know i know yeah that was i mean i that was a great class i was i was looking at all the prospects already in that class <laughs> and man, that was a good looking class <laughs> I was like, I was so bummed out when I had to go to the, the class under. I'm like, yeah, these people are less developed. Sure. <laughs> But no, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was fun times being, being in, uh, for sure. Yeah. In Miami. No, I bet. So, um. What was the first time you met me, Gabe? I think I was playing soccer. It wasn't that same day? Probably not. No, no, no. Okay, no bro, I, I heard. I heard about the Spaniard. I heard about the Spaniard the that first, was a school. The first day at school. Yeah. yeah, we went to the same church too. Yeah, exactly. I think yeah. but it probably was there. I think yeah, you were all suited I up. Church. You were all suited up. You know. Yeah, my mom would make me play at, uh, play violin at a church. So probably from that. Yeah. So I mean, it's a good way. Yeah, to, it's a that, good way to get into. That's uh, how my mom knows him. Josue, el, el, el que toca el violín. Yeah, the boy, the boy's a prodigy. Yeah. So I'm just gonna list off some of his achievements. Uh, you know, to give him. To give him credibility. You know, his credentials. This is royalty. Not only is he a, a, a what's the word, conqueror, uh, what's that, colonizer, but he's, he's, hey, he's royalty. Is the, excuse me, colonizer is the, is, the, is the one with the bad, the, the bad rep, you know? You gotta say, <laughs> just call it conqueror, bro. He's a conqueror. 
He's a Swear the Conqueror. What are, what are his uh, credentials? All right. So he attended New World School of the Arts uh, in Miami, Florida. Yeah. That's right. Fighting pigeons. <laughs> Wait, is that their mascot? The fighting That's pigeons? That's our mascot, bro. We That's have, our mascot. Have, That's a very ferocious. And you want to talk about, there's a specific little rivalry, surprisingly. I didn't know about this. You have a, Your school had yeah, a rivalry with another particular school. Yeah. The only other school that matches up to us is LaGuardia. LaGuardia in New York. Obviously, we're better, you know. Of course. But, uh, yeah, you know, people like Timothy Chalamet and J-Lo went to that school up there. But Oh, you know, so can you say we that? Shine, t- we shine brighter. Can you say that Timothy Chalamet is your arch nemesis and you're his? He doesn't know it yet, but yes. He doesn't, he doesn't know, know it yet. Mm. Okay, yeah. so he is Tim- Timothy Chalamet's rival. Um, he was also the concert master of the Symphony Orchestra at Southern Adventist University. He is... Now a freelancer for the Chattanooga Symphony Orchestra, which, you know, he come and goes as he pleases. He can just, you know, take a seat. He can take a spot whenever he wants because that's just who he is. He's, he's a that, Han, he's a Han Solo. He is that good. And he is now, as he would put it, a consumer of high art. What does that mean? What, what do you mean by that? What do you mean by that? You know, you, when, when, when you've like lived your whole life just learning music and paying attention to all the details and like my student job at southern was worked at a radio station i don't know if you guys remember that of yeah, course i, I would call, i would i would request I music all the time i was a host and um yeah you were doing this years ago yeah you'll be surprised but like my voice still goes on the air in chattanooga really so every Can now you... and then Josuelo Yola Roncal goes on here in chattanooga and there's people that i still meet like and like organically like in the city like doing sports or doing something else and then they're like, you know, ask me my name. And there's not a lot of Josues around. And then when I say, oh, my name is Josue. And they're like, look at me sometimes. And they're like, wait, Josue what? And then Josue Loyola Roncada. Or like, I know you. I'm like, do you like classical music? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, probably from 90.5, bro. That was me. <laughs> Can you give us your radio voice? Yeah, like do like an intro or like when you start. 90.5 WSMC, College Dale, Tennessee. My name is Josue Loyola Roncal. We are here. Uh, with Mr. Link Rusi and Gabriela Razaval. Good <laughs> morning, music. Yeah, that's my kind of my radio voice. But um, yeah, those, those were those were great. We times. should get so, one anyways, of those. When you like when you live around and grow up around music and pay attention, you eventually like develop a certain taste and develop a certain like, I guess, a spirit to critique, you know, mm. art in general. Yeah, um, especially music. And I love movies. I think I think movies are probably the ultimate art form of our era because it involves all of the art forms, which is a very Wagnerian like way of, of saying that because Wagner, Richard Wagner was this composer essentially in the nineteenth century into the twentieth century that um he thought that opera was like the one art form. Like he was a composer, but like he at one point, he only wanted to compose for opera because he thought that opera was the highest art form because it involved all of the arts put together into mm-hmm. one production. That essentially, I, I I agree with that. I think that movies now are like the ultimate art form because you know they involve soundtrack, they involve acting, they involve like visual effects and all of these things, and I I just love it and I love critiquing and I love consuming it and I love searching for quality. MacGuffin. And, that's oh, what I'm obsessed yeah, with right now. Yeah, quality. Yeah, yeah, quality. Mm-hmm. Quality. Quality. And the, and the MacGuffin. And the MacGuffins. 
Entonces, well, you, you mentioned a bit about music and obviously you have a, a vast um, musical background and history. Um, that's kind of be kind of going to be the subject of our topic of conversation today. Um, is music in film? I know that you you talked about the kind of like you know why you love it and why you think it is such a high art form. So we should start like talking about one of the films that we saw. Well, yeah, we recently saw. We recently saw, and then we talked to you about it, and you had also recently seen it, and we were both all three of us were like mesmerized by. Yeah, this we were movie. definitely blown yeah. away by this film. And it's so actually that, like yeah. the last film that I've seen in the theaters right now. So yeah, just very you saw it very recently, so it's more fresh in your mind. And I think we had a, I mean, in the conversation leading up to like obviously us doing this episode, we that was kind of like the focal point, like that was kind of what was driving us to to really do this episode. We've been wanting to do an episode with Swift for a very long time because he's such a fun person to talk I to. I love he's talking so, to Swift. Yeah, he's so knowledgeable on a vast majority of like a variety of different topics that it's just like, bro, this guy is a sponge and a great sense of humor. And he's hilarious. Yeah, and that, then was my, mixed that, that was my goal. From the moment I touched down in Miami, I'm like, I'm going to be a cool nerd. <laughs> so I can be, be cool friends nerd. with That's these two. Proceeds, yeah. proceeds, to be, be a, cool a, proceeds to be a... Proceeds to be a... Get back to this class. A lord at violin and playing <laughs> soccer, scoring goals. And then it was like, oh, español. <laughs> he's like, this eighth grader and that fifth grader, they're going to host a podcast it's funny in the future. I, I sucked, <laughs> I sucked at, uh, at soccer in, in Spain. Growing, growing up in Spain, I was, you know, I had not know I was, el mejor, el mejor aquí en Miami. <laughs> I was the goalie and then I got to Miami and they're like this guy can uh, this guy can score let's put him as forward and I became from goalie to forward bro <laughs> started from the bottom now you're here <laughs> exactly bro that's like you know it's like I was essentially you know Messi in his last last years coming to Miami <laughs> 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 that was good oh it's a good one um so yeah not to to hold anyone else in suspense the film was godzilla minus one godzilla minus one godzilla okay godzilla minus one so Josue, what was um what was just the major thing that stood out to you about this film that you were just like so and you know enamored by it well dude like like the the john like it it just completely obviously like listeners and those that haven't seen it we we we, i don't want to spoil anything a lot i want to motivate people to like go watch it yes go watch Uh, this movie but like the movie um it redefines the genre of the action blockbuster in my opinion because like first of all they need to know that it's not a hollywood film it's completely a japanese production yeah it's a hundred percent japanese actors and japanese it's an international film um and it's a kaiju film of course like what what is greater than watching a kaiju film finally made by Jap- well, like a Japanese production kaiju film, right? Like, amazing. Let's go watch it. I go watch it thinking that it's just a Godzilla movie. I'm just going to, oh, it's just going to be a monster destroying, like, just action film. And then you get in the movie theater and then you realize, oh, no, this is, this is a movie with a script. This is a movie with, like, Intention. This, is, this is a it's great. Heart. Yeah, there's action. heart. There's character there's, development. Yeah. Not just with Amazing Godzilla, characters, but the yeah. story, yeah. Like, and one of the like one of the really cool things I I personally love, like I've been watching a lot of history around like World War II and like what was happening, and you know just to understand studying the past to understand the present a little bit. And I think what the movie captures that something that is really important for Americans is to see 
the Japanese, like mm. the way that the society felt after World War II and all yeah. of that, like they had lost a major war, you know, and like yeah. those people had to go back home and rebuild lives. And like the movie, like the story of the movie is about the characters. Yeah. Yeah. Like Godzilla's in the background and you're going to get the buildings coming down and there's, 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 like all the destruction. But at the same time, you're watching this film about this character this you know ex-soldier ex-kamikaze that obviously survived and if you're hello if you're a kamikaze why'd you survive right yeah that's exactly. that's an oxymoron it's kind of like your whole purpose your whole purpose for you know i guess living or what you're right. supposed to do is kind of like just void yeah and people look at you basically with shame yeah, yeah. but the scars the, like the movie portrays the scars of war so well like i feel like at the same time that it's a kaiju action film it is also a post-world war japan film no it's like it's a love story around that yeah it's like it's a war film disguised as a kaiju movie yeah no like often when i was watching it it often felt times that it's like is godzilla even like real yeah like is 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 godzilla just a physical manifestation of the war that's being imposed upon you know the japanese people and Mm -hmm. Yeah, and one of the things that that really spoke out to me when watching the film was the because you know in Japan it's it's honorable you know to you know kind of go out on your shield you know yeah. take your life you you carry that honor with you death and, is an honorable death yeah an honorable death and and the I feel like the life of this film and obviously like go like not to go too deep into it I think a lot of it has to do with you know the the wanting to live yeah. And you know the it's like the opposite mentality of, exactly of and, honorable death, and it's so like mm-hmm. it's so sad throughout the film where it's like the people that are in power, you know, the people that are in a position of like to make a difference, and the people in a position of power are just like we don't care, like we're gonna go out on our shield, mm-hmm. we don't care about the people around us, like that's it, like they're like we're responsible for them, but at the same time, it's like they would be lucky enough to die an honorable death, yeah, and it's like not taking like necessary precautions or being responsible as you know government officials to protect your citizens they're just like it's gonna happen you know it is what it is yeah and i think the movie plays really well the script just plays really well with like who's the real enemy here like is godzilla the real enemy or are the characters their own worst enemy you know because they're going through Mm. so much struggle such as like internal struggle yeah of like the scars of war and rebuilding with like whole families gone you know whole families like just you know the war the bombing of tokyo and like and then and then i think a lot uh the the visualization of when you know obviously you see godzilla um shooting out the radioactive thing whatever they they, uh, godzilla does i think i think that was so visual because you know it kind of reminds you of like the fact that oh wait you know the u.s actually dropped two atomic bombs on uh on, on Japan, and now they they have this kaiju like shooting out like radioactive stuff, destroying it. And I think, I think in Japan they probably watched that movie and like it feels very patriotic at the same time because if you think about it, like they all get together and they all like kind of like destroy, you know, like go 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 tackle this, this no, yeah. new enemy. That that was one thing I noticed in the film was just like obviously like they still keep the 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 droppings of the because it was very quick i didn't i didn't catch it at first and then i like i thought about it afterwards but it's like they dropped the bombs and godzilla got hit by it but he like he gets affected but he comes back like kind of stronger like he was kind of like you know come on not the atom- atomic bombs but like no yeah, yeah 
Oh yeah. They're like he was like it was like Baby Godzilla, and then they dropped the bombs because that because they said like the dates around there, and that was, that was oh, around okay. the time that it happened, and that makes him yeah. strong. That makes him grow bigger, and Ooh. that's when he starts shooting the lasers out of his mouth because it like. Because you know how he has, like, the... He has a recharge, like... Yeah, he gets healing factor. He yeah. gets, like, a healing factor. Yeah, yeah. And, like, that, like, destroyed him, but it didn't kill him. And he came back, like, you know, even stronger. And that's when he came out with the laser. So it's, like, in a way, the the bomb the bombs made him stronger, in a sense. It made it worse on the people, on the Japanese people that live there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It doesn't kill yeah, you, it makes you stronger. I, I, I mean, you also get that for the action movie Lover. You get that you get that part also like the movie's so good at building fear did mm. you did you like 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 i usually i go watch an action film like where there is the kong movies or the new godzilla movies i'm usually not scared yeah but this movie was so good at building the, the suspense the fear and and capturing in like the faces of the characters you know no, no yeah for sure i think like especially with the modern godzilla movies i think that chaos is is obviously gonna ensue but you don't necessarily you know that the main characters aren't gonna die like but you don't really care like you're not as invested and like you know that like Mm -hmm. a lot of people are gonna die there's gonna be a lot of destruction because that's what that movie is about you know in this film it made you it painted a picture in which you you're invested you're invested in the people that you don't you barely you hardly even know because it has little moments of like of like humor and just like little human moments that make you actually like identify and connect with these people that to the point that like there's some points in the movie where you like you're holding your breath because you don't know who's gonna who's gonna die and who isn't. Yeah. And that like yeah. for a film I for think, yeah. um, I think in a way uh most of our action movies, the action movies that um that we made that Hollywood makes, um, they kind of like they're kind of escapism, right? We go to watch them to forget that we're humans, to forget that we're like kind of trapped in this like humanity, right? Mm. So you you watch it and you don't really care about the character. You don't really care about the destruction. I feel like this Godzilla movie reminded me of what it means to be human, mm. because it like sure. it just you just you become you become so invested in the in the humanity of the characters and like their dreams, their aspirations, their fears, their scars from war from war that like you know you just you and it's crazy because it's such a different culture than the western culture the japanese culture and and you can still get so invested in 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 the movie and and you don't even speak the language you're reading subtitles right yeah um, but i thought it, the movie was great the movie is genius i mean the 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 reviews the reviews kind of like represent it you know yeah it's like one of the few movies that i've seen where it's 98% from critics and 98% from audience so like Everyone's Everybody loving this movie. It. Yeah. Yeah, no. And Everyone is loving this movie. I don't think it's getting the attention that it should, honestly. Yeah. I hopefully hopefully during award season I I Hopefully this podcast changes it. Yeah. Like hopefully people hopefully, hear this. Hopefully <laughs> people go watch Godzilla minus one because of this podcast. Oh, and, exactly. and this soundtrack is such a it's such a classic soundtrack. It's like, beautiful. It's a classic and they modern like like I feel like they modernized it, but they're playing with classic Godzilla but themes, the but they modernize time, it. It's, it's a very classic like it's a yeah. full symphony orchestra movie score and you don't get that a lot you don't get that yeah in, in movies no like if if we if you think about uh another movie that is also japanese that you know we can talk about yeah, um the boy and the heron our boy mm. miyazaki did it again you know and joe hisaishi the he goat also the goat joe hisaishi he also like did a score that was completely classical 
nothing you know like we're so used to synthesizers we're so used to like a lot of electronic sound in our soundtracks lately but both of these japanese films have very classic soundtracks that just create really amazing movies like just i i mean i don't know did you guys watch uh the boy and the heron i haven't seen it i did did. yes yes i did i I loved it so good i you got a Miyazaki movie, and it's beautiful because not only do you get Miyazaki, but you get Joe Hiyasashi as well. So Hisaishi. Hisaishi. Yeah. So it's it's beautiful to get to see them reunited once again. Maybe for the last time, we don't know. Yeah. So all right, the guy's bro, eighty. That guy the, has like retired like twenty times, bro. No, yeah, the guy's yeah, he's, he's just he's Bret Favre, bro. Back. No, he can, but they're I, old. You get me? They're old. They're getting up there, and you, you never know, right? So the fact that we got to see one of those in our lifetime. Another one? Yeah. What a time to be alive, right? We could have been alive yeah. at any moment. <laughs> but you chose to be alive. But you chose to be, your parents chose for you mm-hmm. to be alive. It was, it was, I mean, it was a really good soundtrack. It was, it was very classical. Like, you know, you have some of the melodies that you have in the other soundtracks that he made for House Moving Castle, which is a very, like, romantic and very uh, waltz-oriented yeah, waltz. soundtrack. Yeah, very waltzy. Um, he does a good job uh, with uh, uh, getting, like, wherever the movie's set, he does a good job playing music from that. You get me? How's yeah. Moving Castle's Army set in Europe? I think that's Europe's. what I liked about this one. Yeah, this it's, one is it's set in Japan. In Japan, exactly. So you get a more Japan classical music style. Um, yeah. Whatever that. And it's is. also it's also yeah. like kind of like a post World War Japan. That's what it felt like the setting was for that movie. Exactly. Because they're building planes, which yeah. And I think I think all of these like things have something to do with Miyazaki's actual life. I think his dad was involved in plane making, right? Yeah, his dad was a plane maker. Yeah, uh, in the war, um, mm-hmm. and that's why he loves plane. That's why he, mm-hmm. the, before this, his other supposed to be last movie was The Wind Rises, which was him paying homage to, you know, his airplanes. Yeah, which that that also was nominated for the Oscars back then. So like, I, I mean. I'm assuming the this one, is going to be yeah. nominated. I mean, this one's nominated Honestly, for Golden Globe. I think it might take it. Yeah. Honestly, I think it might take the animation film. I mean, I was looking at that, and I think that I agree with you that it will take it because the other competitions for it will probably be um, Spider-Man, uh, hmm. Suzumi, and... Was that the chair one? That's the chair one, yeah. <laughs> um, I just feel... What else? What are those? Uh, what Pixar movie came out? That's what I'm trying to think. Elemental? Elemental, yeah. I just feel like... Which animated? So it was Elemental, Boy and the Heron, Spider-Man, Across the Universe, Spider-Verse, sorry. Yeah. Um, Super Mario Bros. movie. Yeah, I don't think that'd be... Wish. I don't think Super Mario's movie would get nominated for it. Wish got nominated? And Wish maybe because it's Disney. I don't think Super Mario Brothers would get nominated for Best uh, Animated Film. But I do think that out of all of these for the Oscars, I think that if you take into account that this might be Miyazaki's last movie... And it's a movie that pays homage to a lot of his older stuff. Um, mm-hmm. It's kind of like so. I feel like this one would he would win it. He would. I, win I just it. think like his his movies are from all of the animated ones. Like all of them are very creative. Like Spider Man, super creative. Like the animation style and and you know the production, like the design of the sound and even the soundtrack like you guys need to listen to that soundtrack by itself just after watching the movie you watch the soundtrack and you can actually see everything that you were watching in the film by listening to the soundtrack like so much of that film and it's also nominated for for a golden i do think i do um, think that the reason why it doesn't win is because first of all like into the spider-verse already won it and second of all why it won't win it is because 
This one's a, like it's not a complete. It's not a complete movie. You yeah. get me? It's like you end on a cliffhanger. Yeah. And as a, because of that, I think yeah. that's the only competition that Miyazaki has. So because of that, I think that the boy and the heron will win. Uh, yeah. Best animated feature. I mean, amazing film. For those that haven't seen it, go watch the boy and the heron. But I if mean, you it haven't, might be a rough introduction to me. Yeah, yeah. I was about to say if you've never, if you've never seen a Miyazaki movie, I recommend watching maybe Spirited Away and How's Moving Castle. Then go watch Boy and the Heron because it can be. My personal favorite is Princess Mononoke. Or or that even that's a harder introduction for it too. But I feel like, yeah, watch some movies before because if you do watch this as an American or someone from the Western mentality, you won't understand this movie. It'd yeah. be, it, yeah. it, it is a very, weird movie. Very different style. It's a different style. Yeah. Exactly. So check it yeah. out, my boy, Please. Joe Hiyasashi. I He's my favorite composer of all time, and I hope he wins it. This is the first time that he's actually nominated for a Western award. So um, I'm excited to see how he, he, you know, how he does. Mm-hmm. Did you watch it dubbed or did you watch it in the subtitle? I watched it dubbed because, first of all, Damn. two Batmans are in the movie. You get me? So... Um, Wait, two Batmans? Yeah, bro. We got Robert Pattinson and uh, Christian Bale. Oh, okay. So Christian Bale does. I, I recognize his voice doing the dad. Christian Bale does a dad. Robert Pattinson then, is a Harry. What did Robert Pattinson do? Robert Pattinson. He's the Harry. Yeah, exactly. He's unrecognizable, right? <laughs> yes. I thought the Harry was somebody else. No, he is a Heron. That is crazy. Like, yeah, you can't tell. You that can't tell. You, like you wouldn't be. Yeah. I think Mark Hamill is also in the in the yeah in the, he, he is actors. He, yeah he's in it he plays a grand uncle he is the ultimate yeah um, voice actor voice actor he is he, a Joker in the Arkham video games no he is he he he's one of the best of all times so Josue yeah. you uh you mentioned this point that I think everyone goes through is like when you come out of the movie theater and you really enjoy the film mm. and you go straight to either Apple Music or Spotify and you go straight for that film yes. score. Oh, that's what I did. And Absolutely. you Godzilla minus and one. You listen all. You listen to the tracks all the way home, bro. Sweet three, sweet number two. Godzilla. You guys do that three. too? All the time, I did that, dude. Yeah. Like, oh, dude. Finally, finally, I get to meet for, my people. For the, my kind of people. No, I, I, I can only do it when it's very noticeable in a movie. Mm-hmm. Um, for so for example, like in this movie, Godzilla minus one. The soundtrack is extremely noticeable, right? Like, wow, it's so good. Oh, you were talking about the yeah. suspense, how there's so much suspense. The music gives you suspense. No, the music, you know, the music carries. Exactly. In the sense, like, it's my favorite part of the movie, the music. It's, it's emphasizing, obviously, what you're seeing on screen because obviously you can have films that, like, aren't the greatest, like, yeah. films, but the music, you know, is is caring beyond me. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's doing yeah. such a good I mean, job and it's like, it stays with you, resonates with you and it stays with you and you... The music creates that atmosphere, that tone of the movie. Uh, I mean, let's think about great movies that have come out in the last, you know, 10 years. If you, I mean, I'm a, I'm a huge fan of, of Christopher Nolan, right? Nolan, so, you yeah. think about Interstellar and you think about the organ in the yeah. soundtrack. That's, and I, right? like, yeah, that for me is, that's like yeah. one of my favorite that's films, the- but I will say that's like, I think that's his best. The music I, that for me that might be one of his best scores. But like, I think that's his best score, yeah. Because that makes yeah. the film. I think the film is is beautiful, and I think the story is great. And like, I just it's right up my alley. Like, I love science fiction, but I think that the music carries that and transcends like everything that I'd seen before. That I felt like I'm not a father, and I'm not like I just I, I'm not in a spaceship. I'm not an astronaut, and I'm not living like you know in scarcity. But 
there was something about the music of the film that made me connect that made me feel the weight of that film or feel what um cooper is going through in his life mm. or what um murph is going through in the film and just i don't know it's a weight that's like on you that i feel like i watched that movie i came out of the movie i was like graduate i think it was 2014 i was just I think I just graduated. Um, yeah, we watched. You took me to watch that movie. Yeah, I just graduated high school, and I like. I don't know if you remember, but my reaction like afterwards, I feel like my life had changed somehow. Yeah. Like I was yeah, a, I, like I, I was I a different person. Watching it three times in the movie theater. That's what I remember. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because I, I I think the first time I was just like that movie was amazing, but let me go on Reddit and look up the timeline because I got a little lost. There, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was my first time I watched it. Second time I go in the movie theater to watch it already like having studied that whole timeline on reddit i'm like okay i understand it and then the third time i'm like man this movie is this movie is amazing like this movie i get everything yeah Um, but it's so interesting that you mentioned like you know what it is to to be like the feeling of a father and the feeling of murph and what she what he what she's going through and like what the dad is going through did you know that uh hans simmer when christopher nolan is making the film, you know, he approaches Hans Zimmer uh, usually when he's he wants him to score a movie for a score one of his movies. Mm-hmm. And I remember watching an interview with uh, Hans Zimmer, and they asked Hans Zimmer like, "So, so what is what is Christopher Nolan? What does Christopher like give you? You know, when when he is <laughs> approaching you to like, what's his pitch? You know, I mean, well, he's like, well, he he doesn't have to pitch me. I'll I'll do a movie for him anytime, but." Um, what he told me, I wanted to work on some of the themes for the movie, and he wouldn't give me what the movie was about. All he gave me was, this movie is about the love of a father for a daughter. That's- and then from that little detail that Christopher Nolan gave Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer started composing themes that would go into the movie, into like Crazy. going into the score. That's so, insane. like it's such a it's such a such a small little theme and detail. For a movie about space and what it means to like you know yeah. be human and what like the like time and space you know no yeah I think and it's crazy like he doesn't have anything to let's, if that's all you have and you get me you don't even know it's about space it's yeah. like dang but I, yeah but I think <laughs> I think the the common thread there is that this movie is about space this movie is supposed to be you know grand it's space is you know vacuum it's a void it's huge it's like it's immense like it's not you know it's innumerable but I think the I mean, I think he hit it on the nail when he's just like, it's about a, the love of a father for his daughter. And I think that, I think what I, what I got from the film was love. Mm-hmm. Love as, you know, a feeling as an emotion, as something that drives people to survive, to see the, their loved ones, the people that they care about, the people they love about. And that feeling is like a feeling of space. Yeah. That grand feeling, that, that feeling of immensity where that organ and that that put me onto organ pieces, man. I was, the, I was the, king, the king of the instruments, bro. The king of the instruments. Exactly. Like, and let's talk about the organ. The organ is the, like it's, in, the, it's I mean, incredible. It is called the king of the and, like, and just think about when it was like created. Yeah. It was what, where where do you find organs in churches? In right? churches. So at the time, in those times, um, the church was an like hearing an organ. Just think about like all the technology that we have. You don't have any of that, right? We're talking about like Middle Ages into like Baroque era. Like people are poor, people are peasants, you know, they come into church 
and they hear the king of the instruments, they hear these huge pipes, pipes. just resonating through like really high ceilings in churches and cathedrals all over Europe. And like that just automatically hearing an organ made you believe in the existence of God. It evokes something in you, something that's like Because it was it was such a huge sound that you could never hear in any other you know, there were there were no cars back then. There were no like all of the things that make so much noise in our world that's now. That's true, yeah. You didn't have that back then. So hearing an organ was like the biggest representation in sound of God. The, uh, to, yeah, the to the normal person to like just walking there yeah like a very so like a very supernatural sound yeah it's like a very supernatural yeah, like, sound which i mean that goes hand in hand with obviously the theme of space you know but it's right. it's 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 so interesting to to see how it's like you're talking about a an, an instrument used in a church and then you're talking and then it's like you know conveying the message of like obviously love but talking about spaceships and outer space and going to different planets you know, mm-hmm. and it's like, yeah, that's something that I find so fascinating about, you know, music in film. And I think music in any any other points. But I think, like you said, like I, for me, film is one of the highest forms of art because it's like it integrates so much of this in a single medium. You know, it's a lot of collaborative. Yeah, it brings in a bunch. It brings art. in a bunch of things. It's so like filmmaking. I feel like it's a simple like idea. But to carry that out really a well, work, a lot of work. Yeah and it's a team sport no definitely and i think generally for me i don't know about you but it's like after watching interstellar that's when i started paying really paying attention to um to music and film yeah to soundtracks Mm -hmm. when i started going out of my way and looking like okay this movie this movie and then the great thing about that was i was able to go backwards and like look at all the films that i've enjoyed in the past and it threw like because you have such iconic themes you have star wars you have jurassic park you have I mean, yeah, I'm just naming a bunch of John, John Williams. Williams. Yeah, yeah, you have John Williams. Yeah. You have John Williams to go back and listen to. And also like Hans Zimmer, like the Dark Knight trilogy, all the like the Nolan movies that he does. And I was able to go back and I'm just like, man. The Lion King. The, exactly. Lion King or yeah, Hans um, Zimmer goes back. Prince of I mean, Egypt. You like think about Prince of Egypt, like all these movies yeah. that we grew up around. That was Hans Zimmer, bro. That's so Hans Zimmer and John Williams have really Formed shaped us. our ears yeah. and like what we have like what we have heard through film. Yeah, uh, like throughout, a, uh, our major a lot of the iconic, oh uh, yeah, a lot of the iconic themes. He did uh, the first pirates, right? He did the first pirates, yeah. Yeah, like it's mm-hmm. just so iconic, like pirates, Star Wars. For me, one of the big ones is Howard Shore and Lord of the Rings. Yeah, correct. That that's the first soundtrack for me that, like, you know, back in the early two thousands, kind yeah. of like got me really into soundtrack. Like I remember in Spain going to, uh, you know, they used to have like CD stores where they all they would, like you would go buy music at a yeah. store, a specific store for just Back CD. in the day. Back in the those. days. Maybe CDs there's and DVDs, an right? And you could go buy movies too. And yeah. I remember buying the CD for the second Lord of the Rings movie, the, 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 two, towers. the two Towers. And from by Howard Store. And I was listening to that CD on my CD player, portable CD player on repeat. Howard Shore was like, I mean, you know, the Oscars, all the Oscars and all the awards that they got, like, reflects how, how amazing that soundtrack was. Yeah, how yeah. Still, I mean, but, Return of the King still holds like, his joint record, I think, with Titanic. And, an, and another film that another, recently... Recently one, yeah. Yeah, I think with with, uh, with Hans Zimmer, um, I mean, he's been making such good films, uh, such good soundtracks throughout, but, like, I think the first one that, like, 
really made me think of him as like, okay, he's, this guy is a trendsetter. He's not, he's not a follower in mm. the industry. You know, like he is, he's, he, he sets the sound and what people, yeah. and that's what, I think that's what the Academy looks for when they like, um, or, when they nominate yeah, soundtrack, they're looking for like yeah. new things, right? They're looking yeah. Who's for, the next who's John Williams? New, like, yeah. Who's the next, who, who's, who's bringing, who's setting the trend in sound? And the first soundtrack that to me, I heard it, uh, I heard and, which is like, okay, yeah, Hans Zimmer's a total trendsetter, was the Dark Knight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Same. The Dark Knight soundtrack, you know? Like, he had, he had started the themes for Batman and his world, his, uh, you know, the Gotham that Nolan had created. He started those themes in the first movie and the Batman Begins movies with, uh, with John Newton Howard. Yeah. And those themes then got developed and got morphed and synthesized especially when the joker you're bringing the joker themes and everything and i'm like okay I, these are sounds that i've never heard mm. in in soundtrack these are like uh, like the, the 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 way that he uses distortion of sound just for the the, the theme of the joker and anarchy and all of those themes that the dark knight has like yeah he kind of started like, that trend of the yeah like that everyone the, started doing uh, afterwards like the wine that are you talking about that? The what? It's like a, kind of like a yeah, wine like, where uh, it's like it drags out the example, scene. Yeah, there's 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 a line. There's there's some music in the Dark Knight that is just like literally one note building yeah. up and just getting distorted the whole time. Hmm. And that's the sound of the Joker, and it's building suspense and it's making you uncomfortable. Yeah, just the sound of one note and getting distorted and going up in pitch, very little by little. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's just—it's yeah. so simple, but it like—it's so off-putting. It's so anarchy, well, and it yeah. represents the Joker. Yeah, yeah. It represents the Joker so well. Yeah. Like something simple, but like making you so uncomfortable, and then all of a sudden exploding at the end, right? Yeah, amazing soundtrack. Amazing soundtrack. No, yeah, we're what kind of like looking for the next Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I feel like which we, I we think found we found him. Already. Yeah, I think Nolan's new. I think, I think Nolan's new guy. A couple of years ago, I thought it would be—I thought it would be someone else that it actually is. I think I thought it was going to be Ramin Jawadi, which he did Lord uh, uh, Game, Game of, of Thrones. Thrones. Nah, yeah, Game of Thrones guy. And I thought he... I thought you know Game of Thrones was a great soundtrack. Like everyone like knows the theme and everything, and because that guy working with Hans Zimmer, and he was a protege of Hans yeah, Zimmer. Yeah, he was. Hans his, yeah. found him at Berkeley. Uh, and he like mm-hmm. brought him over essentially to like Hollywood to like, hey, you like need to be with me, like making making scores. Um, I thought it was gonna be him, but, but like, he kind of I like stayed have... with TV, right? Yeah, he like he's like t- only like TV and um, like HBO shows. Video. Yeah, a lot of HBO. It was I think interesting. His, what was his latest? He had a, he had a couple of big TV soundtracks, but the trendsetter right now is Ludwig. Is Ludwig? Oh, Ludwig. Yeah. Yeah, completely. I which think. is which is crazy because Childish Gambino found him, bro. Like this man, like you, you look at his like rap sheet, bro. Like he 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 does it all. If you if you see where how he starts off, he starts off in comedy, doing comedy comedy shows. You know, he does a he's a composer for Community, and that's where he meets Donald Glover, which is crazy because at that that's another great soundtrack. I thought is I that heard. is that Ramin Jawadi or who is that? <laughs> no, that's that's tank. Uh, that's tank. I forgot their name. Um, but uh, what was I gonna say? So yeah, like this were, this guy was started, started in, comedy. in comedy comedy shows, and he meets Donald Glover, which is crazy because Steve a composer Brooks. of a show and actors don't really interact with each other because they work separately. But somehow they met each other, 
and from there they collaborated together. They worked on the on the on, on his album Camp, and from there I he starts doing album. other comedy shows to the, until he meets Ryan Coogler and does Fruitvale Station, and then from there, you know, Coogler gets him to do Black Panther. Then he wins his Oscar there. And now he seems like he's Nolan's new guy. No, like because that's that is one thing. Because I was like, when I first heard, I think it was, I think it was Tenet when Nolan finally was coming back with a new film. Yes, and mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, I can't wait for the new Han score to come out. Nope. And then I hear, I, and I find out he's not You're doing like, it. Who the, who, I was who like, who the heck is heck this is guy? Ludwig, bro, who is this guy? I mean, oh, wait, wasn't this guy in Mandalorian? Yep. He did. Yeah, he did Black Panther and he did Mando. Mando yeah. And yeah. and that's when I was like, oh, like. He won his Oscar. I like yeah. this guy, and it's different. It, like his style is different. It's not it's like newer. a copy. It's like newer. Exactly. It's not a copy of Hans Zimmer. Or anyone no, else no, has come before. He's original, and he's the trendsetter right yeah, now. Yeah, he is a trendsetter right now. Because he's, I'll tell you, he's developing sounds now, like yeah. a new sound. No, he I is a movie. person everyone wants to work with. Yeah, he's. I think mm-hmm. that he is. He's an innovator in his field, and I think that I got a. I got a real taste of it. like we heard. Um, from Mando with those different like sounds and the Boba Fett theme, the, yeah. the Boba Fett theme, right? He's the Mongolian <laughs> yeah. singing, and like well, that's... He, he breaks barriers for the first time. And when you listen to when you were watching Black Panther, you would think, "Oh, this must be an African composer, You're right?" right? And, like yeah. my own nature, and you see this white white dude from long Sweden hairs. with yeah. long hair looks like a hippie. <laughs> and you're like, wait, that's the composer for the Black Panther that got yeah. Oscar nominated and everything, you know? The Oscar won. He won. Yeah. Won. Won the Oscar, right? That's right. Like, such a no, genius. Yeah. And I think it was for me, I think it was um, it was Tenet, man. Tenet, Tenet was, was one of those movies guy. where it's like, man, Nolan has such a way of picking these people that the music just fits the film so well. Like, it's different. It's a... It's a it's kind of, it's a different concept like yeah. the, the film itself is like out there and it's like you kind of really have to think cuz like you kind of because people say that about Inception or, or Interstellar and I'm like no those are those are pretty easy to understand I mean, those are easy compared to Nolan Tenet. Nolan just likes to play with timelines Exactly I think like, but I think like yeah time I've, and time space um what is it like if you think about all these films like they're always about time and space even like one movie that you don't really think it was about time and space you think it was kind of like about uh, about war, which Dunkirk. was uh, Dunkirk. Dunkirk. No, the, he's playing with time. The, he is playing with time because, like, it's not linear. You're it's watching, not near, one yeah. minute you're watching the the planes, and one minute you're watching the boys on the beach. You know, the soldiers at the beach, and like he's actually playing with the timeline there. No, you I get think, a little yeah. lost. You see that in Momentum as well. Momento as well. And Memento, yeah. Um, no, and, yeah. And, I think I think what makes him such a great filmmaker is that he he understands it, but he does he he atta- he approaches it in such a creative way. I think. Like, he's, like, an action fan like the rest of us. You know, like, the Bond films and all those action films. Like, he, he draws a lot of inspiration from those. Especially, like, you could see that in Tenet. But I think that the way that he approaches, you know, it's not time travel. But, like, as a director, he's time traveling of what he's showing us, yeah. you know? And I think he, he, mm-hmm. navigates, he navigates stories so well in that aspect. But then it's, like, when you add a skilled composer like Hans Zimmer or, like, now how he's doing, like, with Ludwig... Like that's a one-two punch that it's like, I'm. St- I love this film. I love this movie. You know, and sometimes it can and even they be collaborated again this year. Yeah, exactly. O- yeah, moving on to to one of the biggest films of the year, and probably I think I think it's probably the film of the year. Um, I, I, I think so. I mean, definitely soundtrack of the year. I think, I think it's his. I think it's his best film. I think it's Nolan's best film, which is um, Killian yeah. Murphy and Oppenheimer. I think that mm-hmm. film is. 
is a work of art. I think it's so good. But I, you're right. I think that score is... Man, Ludovic outdid himself. Like, he, keep, know, he just keeps I, getting I better and better. Loved, uh-huh. I would have loved if Dune Part 2 had come out this year. Because that way we could have seen Michael John, the, Michael. Dune, the Dune Part 2 soundtrack go up against, Zimmer yeah. go up against Ludwig Goranson in, in Oppenheimer. Because, you know, Can you imagine that? Did you notice? Actually, I'm, I'm thinking about this now. Like, Dune um, Part 1. It's a little, it's a little reminiscent of of Ludwig, don't you think? Yeah, no, it's it's of his I sounds. Think, I think Hans Zimmer has stepped up his game, and, and yeah, like when, he's like when no you one. Hear the Dune, yeah, the Dune Part One soundtrack, you can hear like, oh, okay, like, okay, he's like, this is his I answer, see. like, hey, I'm still relevant. Like, listening, yeah, listening to Ludwig, he's like, Hollywood is going, I'm, I'm still going a goat. A new sound with, like, yeah, he's still a goat. You know, I think the soundtrack. There's actually he did one big soundtrack this year. Oh, the creator. Or a movie that didn't get a lot of attention. The creator. Yeah, I love that, that film. That movie was fantastic. That's top five for me. I actually love that film. Um, it was it was very like it, it it went almost went like a like not a lot of people noticed it. Yeah. You know, it was kind of like indie, but like a blockbuster indie, but like action it looked and about AI. Man. It was beautiful. I feel like that's how but Star like, Wars you know, was when it first came out. Hmm. That's, like, how oh, about, yeah. that's how I felt about Rogue One. When I first watched Rogue One, which is by the same director, uh, Gareth Edwards. Like an indie like an indie science fiction? Yeah. Well, yeah, like an indie science fiction, but something like completely blows your socks off, and then you have lightsabers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's like... You know, I, I went in, in that movie not looking anything up about the creator. Oh, same. I had no idea what it was about. No, and that, I had and, no idea. And, and I heard yeah. the soundtrack, and I'm like, that has to be Hans Zimmer, because like, I, I heard, I, you can hear his sound. Yeah, you, you can know. hear a lot of the instruments that he uses. He's used in because a lot of the movie takes place in Asia. He uses instruments that he's used in movies like The Last Samurai. You know, he scored The Last Samurai. Like, yeah. you hear those like those Asian sounds too. Carry on to the creator. Yeah, it was interesting. A lot like this year, it's a lot of. Um, I, I feel like a lot of like Japanese influences over film this year. I feel like the world's finally um, the Western side is finally catching up to Japanese uh, film. Japanese uh, uh, pop culture. Yeah, right? and it's because of anime. Yeah. I think it's because of anime. It's opened the door for more, even even Korean dramas and. Uh, uh, yeah. So yeah, I think it's they're opening up yeah. the doors for us, and that's why Japan is trending, bro. Japan, Japan is, is trending. trending. I mean, you got Parasite too with uh, what's his name? Ooh. Ko. The South Korean uh, yeah. director. Boon Jung Ho. Boon Jung Ho. There you go. So there, yeah. They're... Is he the same guy that made Snowpiercer? The yeah. movie with Chris Evans, yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, that guy is—he's a visionary. He's like amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, it's interesting. I I was going through Netflix the other day, and I was trying to look for a comedy. So I went to the comedy genre, and I'm scrolling, and then I see Parasite there, and I'm like, "This movie's funny." Parasite is on Netflix. Yeah. Go watch it. If you haven't, if you haven't seen, seen it, go watch that film. Hasn't seen it, Apparently, it's a film. comedy. But yeah. Like you're in for a surprise if you think it's a comedy. <laughs> yeah, it's it's dark humor. You get me, dark comedy. I can see it. What were some yeah, of the exactly. What were some of your other faves of this year? Films and film scores this year, Josue. Film scores this year. Um, let's see that the, the Spider Man Across the Spider Verse soundtrack. Is so like good, man! Amazing yeah. soundtrack. Obviously, Ludwig Göransson with Oppenheimer. We talked about it, of course. Um, you think you know, he should Gordon win? Heron, we just talked about it. The what? Do you think he should win? Yeah, I think he's going to win that one. I think I think Ludwig is going to win with Oppenheimer both. 
both awards, both big awards, Globe, Globe and Oscars. I think you should. I, I agree. I think, I think so. Think this year was a good, like, a lot of popular composers made movies this year. You got Ludwig with, with Oppenheimer. You have John Williams and Indiana Jones. Uh, Trent oh, that's Razzner. right. You guys watched that movie, right? Yeah, Trent Razzner and uh, Atticus Ross with The Killer. Um, mm-hmm. Gio Hiyasashi with The Boy and the Heron. Uh, Hans Zimmer, the creator. Uh, even uh, were these nominated? Not, not all these are nominated, but these no, are these popular like, composers yeah. that they yeah. you get me. It's like a good year of like all these composers coming. Did Giacchino make anything this year? Um, not not anything as big as when the Batman Batman came out. Which yeah, that no, no, was that even in? Sure. No, that was last. Yeah, last no, year. but was that even nominated? That was last year. It wasn't. Oh, it was. It was. Yeah. It was. I, I think it was. Yeah, I, mean, it was. I don't know. Um, it's an amazing soundtrack. I love the soundtrack. And then uh, one of the, you know, Wes Anderson released Astro City and Alexander Desplat was also, you get me? You, so you got a lot of famous p- people. Werewolf by Night, that's what he did. Um, you know, famous composers release movies this year, release uh, music making this some, year. Yeah, making soundtracks. So it's, yeah. it's, it's yeah, a good right. year for, 2023 was a good year for music movies. We can say they've been eating lunch. Yeah, they've been, yeah. They've been making some money out there. Yeah. Yeah. But I think as consumers, yeah. we've been uh, too, man. I think we've yeah. I think this I think year has been like, fantastic. Actually, yeah. I I thought I thought that it, we weren't back to good movies, but I think we're 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 in a good we're trend. And like so you know, back, baby. I don't TV think we has ever have so much better too. I don't think we ever have like years where there's bad movies. I think there's. Well, think we, had the, know, we had like, the pandemic. Out of the pandemic years, the pan- during the pandemic, a lot of things got delayed. A lot of things yeah. got postponed. But you, you, know, you always get good, you always get good stuff. But we were out of the pandemic and well, you, and doing two. You got to point out back. we did have a big. Uh, we had big, a uh, we had a writer strike and an actor strike. Yeah, a writer strike, correct. And writer we still had a good strike. year for music, like movies as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for those that don't have a list, you gotta go to get. You A-list. gotta get a list, yeah, man. Yeah, this place, this thing is sponsored by AMC, right? You guys sponsored by AMC yet? <laughs> yeah, we're we sponsored by AMC, Actually, Dude Wipes. Uh, what else? Oh, dude wipes. Yes, Love sir. It. Exactly. That's um, awesome. Have you have guys you... seen the killer? I did watch the killer. Yeah, I watched the killer. What do you think about that okay. movie? Have you seen it? I haven't seen it. No. No, let watch me, it. Watch let it. Know, and let us know. Let me know what you think about. If, that you, movie. if you're listening okay. to this, let us know Is what you thought of the killer. Movie? It's like on streamer and streaming or Netflix. It's on Netflix. Yeah. It's a Netflix. It's a, on Netflix. Okay. 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 Straight to Netflix. It's a Fincher Netflix. Yeah. I know it's Michael Fassbender. I mean, fast. I love Fassbender. Fassbender is great. Fassbender is the best part. Yeah. So, you'd expect more of a Fincher movie. Is all yeah. I'm gonna say. I mean, <laughs> I wish I just gave everything. I away. mean, Trent yeah. Reznor and, and Atticus Ross. I think. The, I mean, they were. I think they were nominated and they won for the Social Network. Yeah, they won for the Social yeah. Network. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They so. won for the Social Network, and they also won for Soul. Uh, the Pixar Soul. movie, directed oh, by my boy Pete Doctor. Have you? You oh, know sorry. who's in the Pixar movie? In that movie too. Uh. John Batiste. Oh yeah, yeah he, does, yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does the piano parts. Una pregunta, yeah. Oswe. Uh huh. Have you met any famous composers? I actually have. have. Collaborated with anyone? Have you? Not have you worked on some not films? You know, not there. Not there yet. Not, not there, there yet. yet. Oh. But um, I actually have a fun story. Um, I was just in Paris one year. I mean, in the summer, casually vacationing there with. Uh, he is European. Makes sense. A, with a past person that shall not be named. A past life. Um, a past life. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, and uh, just walking on the street, you know, in Paris, 
you don't really pay attention to anybody walking in the streets. It's a major city, European city, so you, there's so many people. But I just looked at this guy walking, getting off his bike. He was parking his bike and just getting off the bike. Like, he literally was, like, just riding his bike. And I'm like, I know this guy. I look at him, I'm like, that looks like Alexander Display. And, you know, it's because I've, I'm, I'm a huge soundtrack fan, and I know the composers, I know what they look like. So I'm like, what the heck? I don't have nothing to lose. I'll go up to him. One of the I'm rare like, people that knows which is crazy. How, yeah, which is how crazy. a composer right. looks like. I know what John Williams looks like. I know what Hans Zimmer, and I know what Louis would look like. Yeah, those are the only it. three, yeah. That's about it, right? Yeah, well, I mean, Alexander is the top five in Hollywood, you know? But um, I went up to him in French. I like. just asked him straight up, like, hey, are you Alexander Desplat? And he was like, In yeah, French. You, you, said, you asked yeah, him in French? French. Yeah, He's like, oui, oui. In French, bro. You want to ask him in French, bro? He's a mom, you see, it's good. Alexandre Despain. And he looks at me, he's like, oui, oui. And then, you know, we switched to English. And I'm like, he's like, he asked me, oh, you're from America? I tell him and everything. And, you know, he's like, I'm surprised you recognize me. I'm like, yeah, sorry. I'm, I'm a huge fan, you know, like. Grand Budapest Hotel. I love it. You know? <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a budding artist. Yeah, That's what you should have said. I'm a, I'm a budding artist trying to make my bro. You should make my name in the scene. Did you shoot your shot there? Like, hey, I'm, I play music of the violin. I'm the, one of the best violinists in the world in Tennessee. I, I mean, I, I think from what I remember, I told him like, yeah, I play violin too. I'm a musician. And he's like, oh, cool, cool, cool. And he's like, you know, he was on his way somewhere, obviously. But did he and, tell him your concert? He was, he was nice enough. Did you tell him no, that you were a concert master at Southern Adventist University? Did you tell him that you were this your guy, CM, this your guy CM works credits? With Wes Anderson, bro. This guy works with Wes Anderson. Roman Polanski. Some... Yeah. This, 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 yeah. Uh, he, at the time, by the timeline, I think he was working was on Little Wayne. Upon <laughs> Repeat that again, Oswe? <laughs> I think at the time, because yeah. of the timeline of when I met him, I think he was working on Little Women. Oh, Little Women with Greta? Oh, fantastic. Yeah. You love that movie, huh? I love. I it. think it's Greta's best movie. I. But I've only seen three. I, I no. What else did she made? Lady Bird and Barbie, and there's a, oh, oh Francis Ha. Was that her, Francis Ha, or was that Noah? No. Bump Clark. Bumbuck. 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 Gonna say something. Not... <laughs> <laughs> he said it. <laughs> yeah, we peaked. Hey, Bumbuck in English, you know, like that's not that's English. That's true. You're right. You're we, right. We can we can curse in Spanish. It's we fine. can work. We can curse in Patois. Or in Patois. <laughs> My oh, yeah, that's actually a really that's actually a really cool story. From the part that you're just you know strolling Paris uh, Paris in in the summer. And yeah, I took a, I took a selfie. I like I I also met like other famous people that that summer. Send in us Paris. that selfie. Like, We're gonna post it. Who else did you send? Who else did you meet? Um. So I was in at the Versailles. Um. At, at the at the palace of Versailles. The one on Easter? And just, you know, walking walking with the group in the guided <laughs> tour, this guy off to the side is, like, wearing a hat. And, like, I look at him. Do you guys know Sirius XM Sway in the Morning? Like, sway? You know like that, uh, Sway? No, I don't. Yeah, I don't like, like Sway. Yeah, like, uh, you don't have the answer, Sway. I don't I don't have Sirius yeah. XM. Like the guy Wait, that you've has never a, seen that meme? He has, a, he has a hip-hop. He basically has the biggest radio hip-hop show. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I know Sway, personally. Yeah. So I I went up to him. I'm like, "Are you Sway?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yeah man. What's up? What's up? What's going on?" I'm like, "Hey, yeah, like, what sick. are you doing here?" He's like, no, "I'm just here with my wife, you know, like." I'm chilling, know, yeah. Hanging loose, chill. Where, where are you from? Where, like, super cool guy too. Like, that was weird. Like, I ran into, into Alessandro Desplat and Sway like in the same summer in Paris. Ooh, yeah, crazy. Should collab. 
Did you see Owen Wilson at midnight? No, no, that would have been nice. I would have preferred to see Marion Cotillard. Oof, Ooh. who wouldn't? I would have preferred to see Emma Watson. Oh yes, oh, Emma shit. Watson. Every time I every time I go to England, I just it's always my my like this is gonna be the trip where I meet Emma Watson. It's either she's either in England or in France or in France though. I don't care. I'm not gonna lose hope. I, I'll meet her one day. Don't lose hope. Don't lose don't hope. Lose hope. Search for that McGuffin, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, I have a question for each of you. Yes, sir. I need you to give me your favorite composer. Favorite composer. For me, it. Uh, I love Studio Ghibli. I love Miyazaki. I think he is the greatest animator ever. And I got to go with his with his partner, Yo, Joe Hiyashi. Um, I just love every, every, every time I watch a Studio Ghibli movie that Miyazaki makes, I... Uh, uh, I t- when I study, that's all I listen to. Studio Ghibli music. Hmm. So he is my favorite. Nice. Josue? Man, that's a hard question. You know, like that is a hard question. Your favorite, like the one. I mean, I mean, you can change. It, it can change. But what are you? What are you on right now? Yeah. I mean, what am I on right now? I'm on Ludwig uh, right now. But like my favorite of all time, I, they have to go hand in hand. It has to be. You know John Williams and Hans Zimmer. All right, you take because, you take uh, you take John Williams. I'll take Hans Zimmer because okay. mine mine so is the John, same. John Williams like is the ultimate, like the ultimate American, like especially American movie composer. You know, like he has created the sound of Hollywood. The sound of Hollywood. He has sure. created the sound so of Hollywood. Long. Yeah, he's created the sound of Hollywood. Like you can't imagine watching a blockbuster and not thinking of obviously. Didn't he also do George Harry Lucas or yeah. Steven Spielberg? And John Williams, right? John Williams has scored for both. John Williams scores all of the blockbusters. No, he's a Hollywood staple. Uh, John Williams, sure. every time he, yeah, he's a he like every time he releases a soundtrack, is going to be nominated for an Oscar usually. Dang, um, he's getting up there. He's, in he's old man. He's like ninety. He, we, we're probably going to lose. We're probably going to lose him. So. Uh, the, yeah. May the force be with him, yeah. so he can last longer. Yeah, yeah. but it's crazy that yeah, he's in his nineties. We had a so good year said. of music for music, like movies. I actually didn't watch the film that he composed this year. You guys watched it, right? Uh, yeah, all right, but he was the best part of it. It was mid, but yeah, the sound. I mean, obviously, it's great to see Harrison Ford. You know, yeah, anything. But he's kind of. But oh, the st- I think the story. I think the story suffered. I don't think it was James Mangold's best story or what he could like. Mm-hmm. You know what he could have done because there's a little, there's a little wonkiness. But at the same time, it's like you look back at it and it's like. Eh. Sorry. Indiana Jones is, you know, it's. I mean, silly. if this is your worst movie, that's it's not no, bad. it's it's definitely better than Kid- Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. So I appreciate it that Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is not how Indiana Jones story ends. Yeah. Is that what Shia LaBeouf? Yes, Shia LaBeouf. So I think that this, I think it, I think it's a good way to finish the story. Was it the finish because the story and that was you know, that was Harrison Ford's last one, right? Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, I think I hope so. Yeah, um, I don't feel it. I don't think he can carry it. But I mean, movie. it's it's classic Williams, you know. And and even so, more to the point where it's like sometimes it's like, have I heard this song before? <laughs> but I think I think it's because that's we because we know sound. his sound. We know it's it's his trademark sound. It's who he is. It's you know how he's made his name in the industry, and basically made it his industry. You know, and so that's why it's like yeah, for 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 me and you, I think it can go hand in hand. Like I'll take John Williams. And he doesn't even live in Hollywood, bro. Where does he live? John Williams lives in Boston. Yeah, bro. Everyone comes to him. No, he doesn't live in uh, George Lucas's uh, ranch. Uh, Skywalker. No, he lives Skywalker in Boston, ranch? man. Oh, oh. No, uh-huh. he lives in Boston. Oh yeah. What did you think of um, 
¿Cómo se llama? Skywalker. Uh, Rise of Skywalker. Like, not the movie, because I don't want to talk about that, but the music. Rise of Skywalker. Espérate, ¿cuál es esa? The last la one. última, la, la peor. El oh. Peor. Oh, the, the last, the last uh, of the, of the, mm -hmm. like, the third trilogy. Um, it was, it, I mean, the, the soundtracks were great for the, the three movies, the, the, the new trilogy. Oh, um, yeah, like, especially the themes, like race theme, banger. Yeah, I love race theme. Banger. I love race theme, yeah. Um, Kylo fighting? Kylo fighting, yeah. Classic, classic John Williams, but, like, you've heard very, you heard new themes in that new trilogy, and that's mm -hmm. what I thought it was very, like, refreshing with the, with the, with the Sequels. John Williams and Star Wars yeah, um, soundtrack, but at the same time it remained like you were you would listen to like the the so he like he has new themes for like the Republic and like the the Rebels and, yeah yeah and then you know he brings back old themes from from the Empire and stuff and like. I just I love I love the heritage of the of the John Williams Star Wars like soundtracks and um, that's um, and that yeah that's the thing and that's like something that's you know made Star Wars such like a a staple in people's lives you know it's a household yeah. name and it's something that's obviously important to to a lot of us it's, I know it's important mm -hmm. for me and and John Williams is a part of that John Williams is part of you know my childhood and growing up and you know watching those films and I mean not even just Star Wars and I think for most of us a lot of the other films that we've seen. Even like the Harry Potter for like the next generation, you know. Yeah. I think you know he he painted a beautiful tapestry in, with the music that he with the, the music that he created. And so mm -hmm. I have one one last question for you, Josue. Um, I know that obviously your life has has been involved, surrounded by music. What what are some things you know? I mean, go in go in as deep as much as you want. But why is mu why is music so important to you? As Josué. Um, as Josué, why is music so important to me? That's a good question. Um, so, to me, I mean, and I'm not the one who said this, but Beethoven actually said it. It's like, to me, music brings me closer to God. Right? Um, I think, uh, for me, the, the music, the actual composer, not movie composer, obviously, that brings me the closest to God is Bach. Johann Sebastian Bach. For me, it's like the Bible of of, of of classical music. He's the Bible of music. Like, there's no other music that that brings me closer to God. I think it reminds me of my humanity, how small I am, and then at the same time, it just it just completely I get lost in the fields of the music. Right? I get it's it's one of those things where you, um, you know, it's so hard to be present nowadays. And like mm. when I listen to music. I just I am completely present, and um, I think that feeling of presence, that hyper focus feel, is is something that is so rare nowadays in our society. And I can I can have that with music, and yeah, in a way like that's I think what brings me closest to God. And 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 it's like you can see it. I see it as like not just human thing or a religious thing, but just an existential thing, like. Spiritual I, thing. I, if, if there was yeah just very spiritual to me if if i was going to lose um any type of sense sense i think hearing would be my last that i wouldn't i wouldn't want to lose you know yeah i mean i, I think, lose anything else i think matt murdoch would agree too yeah yeah <laughs> sure. is that a daredevil yeah 
Well, thank you so much for your time. Honestly, I've enjoyed this conversation so much. I think Link did too. Oh, yes. I mean, any excuse to talk to Josue is a good excuse. Honestly, if you see Josue on the streets of Chattanooga, say hi because the man is an incredible person to talk to. It's always a great time. So thank you so much for coming onto the show and, you know, imparting some of your your wisdom and knowledge. All right, guys. I think the best way to end this Uh is by singing our favorite Star Wars song. Is that Duel of Fates or what? Yours is Duel of Fates, right? Yeah. Gabriel's was what Twin Sun? The yeah, Binary Sunset. Binary Sunset. Binary. I think. I think also like a really cool thing. Harry Potter movies. They start the the all of the movies from Harry Potter. They start with John Williams composing, and they end with Alexandre Desplat composing the last two films. Ooh. Think about that. And that's how we end the episode. We love you. Have a great week.